That's a good start, isn't it? Well, yeah, I guess. So that it's not uh, on a a a rustly rustly surface because you know we need to be doing more professional. Like a hedgehog. A professional hedgehog. No, a hedgehog being rustly surface. A hedgehog is a rustly surface. That's true. It's hair, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's fur. Am I right? Spines. This, but the spines are like really, really tightly packed together fur, aren't they? Yeah, they're like I don't know, punk hedgehog. Yeah, Gary Larson. Cowtools. Cowtools. He of Cowtools fame, uh, cartoonist, very famous for doing syndicated one frame or two frame cartoons, and he did one at one point with some porcupines in the woods. With like um, studs and chains around them and stuff, and he called it punk porcupines. And porcupines were sat right there. That's exactly what he said. He said in a in in there was a a, a book of, of of like the history of the Far Side, which was the name of the cartoon. And he 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 said he somebody wrote him a, a letter after he published it, and said, dude. Punkypines was sat right there, and he's it like, was. "How did I not see that?" <laughs> and he says, "I've been kicking myself ever since." <laughs> people don't appreciate this thing where you put. It's like sometimes people just don't see things. It's like when you know, like when you're a, a member of a fandom, you've usually got a name for your community of fans. Yes. So, like Trekkies. Yes. Are into Star Trek. I'm not sure what Star Wars fans are called. I don't think it's like Warsies or anything like that. There's no it doesn't seem to be an equivalent. But you also get people who are fans of Doctor Who. Whovians. And they are called Whovians. Yes. When Hooligans was right there. <laughs> I die and I don't understand why they didn't. <laughs> I would have. No, you would have. Now I've got to work out what the name of a, what 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 the word is for a Star Wars fan. Somebody's gonna to have to somebody's gonna to have to message us and tell us because it's it's gonna it's gonna bother me that one. <laughs> anyway, that wasn't what you wanted to talk about, was it? No, no. But I liked it anyway. Fair enough. It was a little a little a little mini adventure. Yes. But. Like a fun-sized Mars bar. Like a fun-sized Mars bar. Why? Why? You see, again, why is the tiniest possible Mars bar called fun-size? I don't know. I don't understand this. It's like, surely the biggest one should be called fun-size. Those are disappointment-sized Mars bars. <laughs> they can't fit that on the wrapper. <laughs> run out of space and get to DIS and run off the end. They're glum-sized. <laughs> That's better. They could probably squish the letters in it for that. Glum-sized Mars bars, because you look at you look at it, you pick one out of the pack, and it's like, oh, it's only that big. Yeah. And are they getting smaller, like the actual bars are getting smaller? Don't know. And I don't think... To be honest, you can't make them much smaller. No, well, this is true, and I don't think it's just the fact that I'm getting bigger. I mean, I'm not getting bigger now. Obviously, I'm well... My I'm well, waistline's getting bigger. My waistline's getting bigger. <laughs> I'm well past the age where I'm getting bigger and I'm starting to I'm starting to kind of kind of like hunch and creak now. But there was there was a point where I as an adult 
they did a they uh, I I had to go and visit my old school. They were doing a, a, a an exhibition there, and it was uh, I've always been I've always loved like um, shiny rocks and things, and they were doing a mineralogy exhibition at mm-hmm. my old school. So I ended up going to my old school, going there and thinking. This place is tiny. It it's is. got it's little like tiny primary school chairs. Yeah, but this was my secondary school. Yeah. For for Americans, that's that's from between about age eleven to age. Well, in my case, it was age like sixteen, and then I dropped out because I'm a failure. Um, <gasps> you are not. <laughs> no, I was just keen to. I had this thing I wanted to get out into the grown up world where you could do what you want and nobody was telling you what to do all the time. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Yeah, that worked well. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, point is, went to the school, very, very small, doors, tiny, corridors, very, very small indeed. Um, and I think the same thing to some extent happened with Mars Bars, but I'm fairly sure, uh, by the way, other confectionery is available. It is. Um, I, I'm fairly sure it's also because they are genuinely getting smaller. Oh, no. Probably because chocolate's getting more expensive and they have to, yeah. they want to keep the prices the same, something like that. I don't oh. know. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Point is, hooligans. Yes. And punkypines. Yes. And welcome to Frithcast. Welcome to Frithcast, lovely listeners. You are actually on the right channel. It's <laughs> us. You kind of know it's us. You know we start with a ramble. You know we were going to go there. You just didn't know what pick and mix you were in for for this episode. Welcome around the virtual campfire. You reckless. You reckless audience, you. Well. <laughs> Must be thread now. <laughs> you were just saying welcome to the virtual campfire. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Settle in, warm your knees, grab a drink of choice, grab a biscuit as the biscuit tan gets passed around. Watch for the hedgehogs. Indeed, they yes. rustle. They do. Before we get going on today's topic, we do want to give a lovely Frithcast around the virtual campfire warm knees welcome. <laughs> See what I did there. That's, that, that's a impressed? lot of... We've got a lot of warm knees tonight. Good. <laughs> to all of the lovely listeners at Wake in the North, if you are looking for an international, inclusive and very active heathen community that spans quite a few continents... Look no further. Yeah. I mean, you can't. to be honest, you can't look further than continents anyway. I suppose you can if you've got a really good telescope. Yeah, very long piece of string. There's not that many heathens on the moon. No. And if Artemis doesn't go up on Friday, there's not going to be any, any for a while any, yet. Um, for any, a while any yet, anyway. <laughs> no. I think the next window was Friday. Doesn't matter, carry on. Lovely listeners, if you are looking for that kind of heathen community that is looking at social justice, at climate justice, at intergenerational justice, raises awareness then have a look at Awake in the North and see what you think. Very supportive of uh, LGBT communities. People of colour. Yeah. And just gen- just generally really nice, nice people. Nice people, So yeah. if you are a member of Awake in the North, you are very welcome around the virtual campfire. If you are not yet a member of Awake in the North, you are also very welcome around the virtual <laughs> campfire. Just snag a biscuit as it goes past. It's all good. Before we get really going, I am half your hosting team. My name is Suzanne Martin. I am a heathen with a head full of stuff. 
And I am Kate, and I, I mean, I'm, you, you're half of the team. Yes. I don't think I constitute half a team. I'm, I'm not that organised. Well, we have got, like, mostly a full set of stabilisers between us. Oh, pretty much. Um, I am not a heathen. I am, for want of a better term, I am a coffee-powered druid. And I, I live here. And that's why I'm involved. It's pretty good. So, folks... Welcome to episode 137 of Frithcast. Music goes here. Music goes here. We got a bit zoomy there. Music on a roller coaster. Kind of zoom along. Music credits are in the um, episode description. Yes, um, as always. As always. Go, uh, go, go check that. Um, yes, it's well worth. Kind of goofy stuff. So, um, music's probably finished by now. Yeah. So, um, what what were you wishing to talk about this evening? Well, today, lovely listeners, I want to talk about Captain Proton and the ancestors of the future. Captain Proton. <laughs> well, it was either that or pigs in space. And does this mean you know it's only the old farts that will get the pigs in space reference? Yeah, I'm not true, likely yeah. to get yeah. the Captain Proton reference. Um, Captain Proton. If we go with Captain Proton, we're going to have to desaturate the episode. We can do that and make it black and white. Well, shades of grey. Sh- I don't. I don't think that's appropriate for a fifth cast. Oh, well, I'm not talking about fifty of them. Oh right, no. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> the, the, the ancestors. Just start that again. <laughs> You're all over the place there. <laughs> I got diverted. Did you? Yeah. Now you know how I felt at the beginning. Well, you know. Um. Anyway. Enough. One recover from that. Enough. Double, double dare you. Enough with the Twilight fan fiction. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um. The Ancestors of the Future. And Captain Proton. And Captain Proton, yes. Well, I could have started with pigs in space. But there's only the old farts would have got it. It's not, not necessarily. Yeah. The Muppet Show is a classic. It is. It was but... the Muppet Show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Muppet Show. Of course it was the Muppet Show. Why am I even asking that? Point is, I don't think... Um, we can afford Robert Duncan McNeil Darn. Um, to uh, to come along and do the Captain Proton thing. So we might just have to go with Ancestors of the Future. What do you mean by that? Well, ancestors that... <clears throat> Ancestors tend to live in the past. They do. But, yes. So, right, I want to start with time. Okay. Not the groovy track from Inception, because that is amazeballs. Oh, that's but gorgeous. Oh, that not music. Not that time... <sighs> The other time that's wibbly-wobbly. All right. Okay. So, time. Time is generally considered to be linear. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to go with that for, for now, and then we're going to deconstruct it like a Black Forest Gatto. I am not... I am not doing Lorenz transformations in this episode. Like a splat on a plate. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> 
Space-time diagrams are right out. So are diagrams of deconstructed Black Forest ghetto. Fair enough. So, so we're going to start with time. Yeah. We, Brief understanding of time. We generally... Time is, time is bendy. It does run at different rates in different places in the universe, but we generally consider it to be... Linear. Linear and moving in one direction. Yes, except when you're looking at time as a heathen. Okay. When you might want to view time not necessarily as cyclical because the exact same events don't happen in the exact same place every rotation, mm -hmm. but time as a spiral. So you're getting echoes of future and past events coming through your part of the circle because that's actually closer to, as close to you as the forward and backwards. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So time as a spiral means that as heathens, we view our ancestors and we view them in... We might view them as the generations we have known, mm -hmm. then the generations in the far past, and then the generations in the deep past, where they be, tend to become numbers rather than individuals because we don't have names for them. We don't have sensations for maybe the emotions that they evoked in as we don't have memory of them. Yeah. Yeah. So linear time means that we view ancestors. We do deep past ancestors. We do far past ancestors. We do recent ancestors. Then we do us. Yeah. Linear time. Yeah. All in a wee little, you know, two ducks in front of a duck. <laughs> two ducks behind a duck and a duck in the middle kind of linear How time. How many ducks are there? How many ducks? Yeah. Answers on a piece of batter pudding, lovely <laughs> listeners. I am going to stump you with a riddle. So, time. We commonly understand time to be linear. Yeah. Moving in one direction. Yeah. But Doctor Who tells us that time is not and no. definitely doesn't. <laughs> and we can infer from things like the myth cycle that time could be seen as a spiral. Yeah. Rather than a linear point A to point B and very little connection with the deep past in the current. It's interesting that you say spiral. I think <clears throat> I think we did actually we've, talk yeah, about we've this talked in about pre time previous, as a spiral before. previous episodes yeah. because it's, um, it is possible there are sort of traditional ways of viewing uh, time as being circular. Um, I mean, we refer to the myth cycle, um, but there are, there are, there are, several worldviews that, that hold that time is an ever-repeating pattern. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, not to trivialise uh, mythologies and things, but one of my favourite examples is Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Um, so good. So very good. has the oft-repeated phrase, all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. Tripping Peter Pan. Yeah, and that... Very... Do they get called Galacticans or Starians? I'm not actually sure. No. Okay, carry on. I know in I know Firefire fans are brown coats. Yes. Lady Gaga fans are little monsters. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> um But yeah, um the, there is this idea of, of, of time being circular, but the problem is if it's circular then exactly the same things will happen. All the way around the circle, order, and there is no nothing can change, including knowledge of the previous go round the circle. Yeah, which also, as a heathen, takes away any, absolves you of any personal responsibility for your life, your actions. Mm -hmm. 
nothing. So I'm like, yep, yeah, no, don't square with that. It also I means square with time as a spiral. It also means that the the existence of the myth cycle itself, if you say, oh well, you know, you have you have written down accounts of what is going to happen in the future, then the myth cycle becomes a bootstrap paradox. If, yes. if time is circular, where did that information come from? Because by the time you get round the circle again, it's exactly the same as it was before. You know exactly the same as you did before. There is only one. So if it's a spiral, it allows for things to change and develop. Yes, while still holding... Over each iteration. While still holding... If time is a spiral, then you're holding echoes of the past, present and future in the current moment. Yeah. So... Pause for effect. In the moon! The no! Moon. <laughs> Such a good film. So, time is a spiral. Got to get the rocket to work first, then. Yeah. Sorry. Let's see on. how it does on Friday. Indeed. Has done, will do, is doing. <laughs> I have no idea. So, time is a spiral. So... Where does that put us with our understanding of ancestry? Mm. Because traditionally, heathens look on ancestors and we tend to call on ancestors in our rites. We will recognise them and welcome them into our sacred spaces, into our gatherings. We will generally call on them as a homogenous, I don't know, what's the collective term for ancestors? Herd? Community? Yeah. Homogenous group? community. Group. Coach load. Yeah. Three coach loads. <laughs> I don't know how it works. One of those. Well, it's 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 like you're doubling the number of coach loads every generation as you go back. That's going to be one heck of a jam on the N25. It certainly so, is. yeah, you've got... We tend to look at ancestors and we tend to treat them as a homogenous group. Mm. Not only the ancestors of the people we've known within our lifetime who have walked the long road, but also then the their relatives, their parents, their parents, their parents, their parents, and so on and so on and so on until you get into the crowds yeah. of ancestors. But we as heathens, if you look at time as linear, then we are the front runners of society. Mm. And as each new generation is born, it becomes the front runner of some, you know, the, the generation that will push and develop society. And we start becoming... The elders, gods forbid I become an elder, but the elders, <laughs> and then gradually... The, I became an elder about 20 years ago. The wrinklies who yell, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. And then we <clears throat> become the ancestors. Mm. In linear time, depending on how you slice it, see what I did there. That's very good. Thanks. Linear time, depending on how you slice it, we, the, the generations that are living, the ancestors go backwards. Mm. But we go back to the title of the episode, The Ancestors of the Future. What if we flip the common understanding of heathenry and ancestors and the common concepts that we use and we invert them? Mm. And we say, yes, as heathens, we have a connection to the recent past, to the far past, to the deep past. But we are part of a spiral continuum yeah. that goes into the recent future, the far future and the deep future. Mm where we will be seen as the ancestors. We will be the ones who will maybe appear in dreams to our descendants or the descendants of our communities and give them counsel. Yeah. 
we will be the ones who they are hailing in their rituals. I think that's an important point to just throw in. I mean, obviously, as you as you as you know, my my practice doesn't really um, involve a great deal of of uh, uh, interaction with ancestors. My dad was very into genealogy, but you know, it it I I didn't really sort of follow it very much. But um, I think it's. I think it's important to clarify that we're not necessarily just referring to biological ancestors here. God, no. Um, although, you know, I talk about the, the doubling of the number of buses and stuff, and that that, that, that infers family tree, but um, the ancestors that are exist for us are the people who have gone before. Yeah, the communal beings. Yeah. Who's... There's a, a line I will often say in, in ritual when I'm greeting the ancestors in their crowds of thousands and inviting them to come and share the space. You know, in sacred reciprocity when we share is that I greet the ancestors, mm. who those whose loves and lives have led to us, yeah. not necessarily our direct ancestral line, mm. but those people who contributed to their communities which gave rise to my community yeah but looking at ourselves as ancestors as ancestors how can we be good ancestors how can we be good to the generations yet to come whether they are our direct blood descendants or they're not mm. how can our society now contribute to their society where they're going to go the things that they're going to do yeah not only with us as we're going to be you know, spiritual beings by that point, maybe. Mm. We're spiritual beings now. That's a whole well, different discussion. Yeah. But Spirit <clears throat> so, beings or spiritual beings. Yeah. yeah. So how can we be good ancestors now? Mm. What kind of things? I mean, we've talked about, you know, legacy before. We've talked about ancestors before and being able to, you know, maybe navigate a disconnect in our ancestors or try and get our head around a particularly thorny ethical issue that our ancestors saw no problem in making profit off but we definitely do yeah yeah yeah. but this is more about <clears throat> how we view ourselves as future ancestors mm. how can we be good ancestors to the communities that are yet to come and because... to do that you have to kind of see time as a spiral not linear and you have to you have to see as you as you as you put it, you know, the, the the near future, the distant future and the deep future. Yeah. Um you know what we <laughs> sorry, but I've just the phrase has just come into my head going what we do in life echoes in eternity. Shadows um, and dust. Shadows and dust, Maximus. Um <laughs> also such a good film. Yeah. Um, but Marcus Aurelius, he'd be dropping some truths in there, you know. He, he certainly did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's there are different things that we can aim to do for different distances of yeah. descendants, making us ancestors from, for example, if we are the 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 near ancestors of, you know, the 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 next generation, we might be the ones who have you know been the parents of that generation or we might be the ones who have been the teachers 
of yeah. that generation or you know um any number of of, of, of sort of contributions we might be uh, politicians who have worked you to know create safer societies and yeah yeah um <clears throat> lovely listeners just as an aside if you happen to have a disconnect with your current family we are your family now <laughs> you now have two very british very queer very gay aunts <laughs> come to tea whenever you like <laughs> i wish we could do that <laughs> We can do virtual tea rather than We can do virtual fire. tea. Virtual tea is always cool. Yeah, and you know, um, speaking about that, it's like the internet was when? Seventy something, eighty something? Well the internet um I think the date usually given is nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. When the actual when what we now when know is the, the internet. Public I think, internet went I think that was when HTML got started. So nineteen ninety three something like that. So for my parents' generation, they were in their 40s and 50s before they got an internet. Mm. For their parents' generation, they're in the 70s and 80s before they saw an internet. I remember showing my grandfather a, a, a CD mm. and telling him it contained all the works of Shakespeare. And he looked at me like he was really going to swear. And now, can you imagine now? Putting things on a CD. Showing him a... a, a... Data um, shard, a little yeah. a, a little data chip that's no bigger than your your little fingernail. Yeah, and saying, oh, by the way, that's got, you know, most of the classic books that have ever been written are on there, and that's because I ran out of ones to think about. Yeah, yeah. So I actually did. Um, I was thinking about this um, the other day because I was thinking about the time when Red Dwarf got started. Yeah. Uh, TV, um, British uh, comedy sitcom set in space. And it got it actually started broadcast. The first episode was broadcast in February nineteen eighty eight. Oh, ouch! That stings. And I was remembering. Um, it's actually technically it is actually technically still running. They do they do make periodic new they did series. Season ten, didn't they? Sorry. They did season ten. Of I think they've done about twelve. Have they? Yeah. Did I miss a couple. Whoops. Um, and and some specials and stuff. But I I mean, you are know. they Starbucks? I don't... For the fandom? Dwarfers. Dwarfers? As far as I know. (laughs) Or the Red Dwarf Posse. Oh, fabulous. Um, Because that's what the characters used to call themselves. The Red Red Dwarf Posse. Or Boys from the Dwarf. But, um, so that started out in February 1988. And I remember looking at... For some reason, I'd gone looking for for a picture of the old video cassette recorder that we used to have at the time. I think. I think we had a video recorder at the time. And it was this old top-loading Betamax video cassette recorder, and I'm th- thinking to myself now, if like if I, if I say that to somebody, I mean, how many of our listeners are, are going? You know, they've heard they they'll have heard of a video cassette recorder. Yeah. But they've never seen one like that, or. You, know. you show a teenager a cassette tape and watch what happens. It's hilarious. But this is this is the thing. This is this is exactly what we mean. I mean, it's this is not just you know two old um, people going. Oh, you know, kids these days don't know they're born with all the technology. Um, it's, the world changes. The world exactly. And so our view of ancestry can change, mm. and we can, like fitting all the works of Shakespeare on a CD, change something remarkable into something utterly remarkable Mm. and to be able to 
go from an era when Shakespeare is around, when very, you know, few people can actually read, but they're putting plays on and memorising lines and doing all sorts of fabulous things with gender and doing all sorts (laughs) of brilliant, brilliant things. And then you're taking those words and you're bringing them into a world where the majority of children are taught to read as a standard skill. Yeah. They're taught to spell as a standard skill. They're taught mathematics in Arabic numbers as a standard skill that you learn from the first days that you're in school. You learn phonetics and sounds and cursive handwriting and all of these skills would have been just miraculous to our ancestors. Yeah. I mean, this is... The fact that I have saffron in the cupboard is just a miracle. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're saying this from a fairly sort of, you know, as people who've grown up in Britain, you know, this is the experience here. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever country you're in in the world, I imagine the the, the, the changes in in the way, you know, we're talking what we're we talking about with Shakespeare. Was it like 15, 1600 something? Yeah. So we're talking knocking on like half a millennium. Yeah. And. But it's stuff we now learn in school as a standard. Here in Britain, you all you you will do Shakespeare at some oh, point you, in your school life. You, you will absolutely do will do Shakespeare. And the history of medicine and the Tudors. Yes, um, but you'll do Shakespeare, and your English teacher will give you Julius Caesar to read out and assign roles to different people in the class, and then <laughs> and and you will be given Cassius to read out, and you will get to the line where you're meeting with the the other conspirators plotting uh Caesar's uh, pointy downfall and you will get to the line and you will have to deliver this line to Brutus saying till then my noble friend chew upon this and give Brutus a thought i forget what comes next because at that point i cracked up laughing <laughs> because all i could think of was Cassius walking up to Brutus and go, going, to learn my noble friend, chew upon this, and lamping him right in the jaw. <laughs> that would have made a very different play, I think. It would. <laughs> and that was the image that came into my head, and I started laughing, and I couldn't stop, and I couldn't stop, and eventually the teacher went, you're not playing Cassius anymore, you're going to play somebody else now. <sighs> Harsh. But us as ancestors. Yes, As ancestors to... The deep future. Mm. What do we do to aid that deep future, even the near future? What are the things that we can do? Is it rooted in altruism? Is it rooted in collecting knowledge? Is it rooted in being able to create records for those future generations? I think it. I think it has to be, and I think this is probably where we're going to have unavoidably get because of the nature of the subject we're going to unavoidably have to get a little bit less chirpy than we usually are and deal with some fairly serious stuff. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I mean, we can do that as well. We can, we can, we can do that as well. I mean, we arguably as, well, no, not even arguably, just, just, I'm, this is probably as political as I've ever got on this show, on, on this podcast. Steady now. But we do not have a choice if we are going to be ancestors to anyone but to sort out some of the problems that we face. We have got to sort the energy issues out. We have got to sort conflict issues out. We have got to sort out the climate 
Um, we have to find ways to be good ancestors. We have to give them a climate to grow up in. Exactly. And these are not, like I say, I mean, I'd, I'd love to keep it all, all jolly and, and cheerful, just relentlessly all the way through. But this is what you're talking about, altruism. I mean, it's an aspect of it, yes. <clears throat> and maybe there's also a, an element of, you know, facing our own walk to the long road. Yeah. That will happen at some point and we don't know when. Mm. So what do we do with the time allotted to us? How do we focus some of that on being good ancestors for the deep future? And that was Gandalf. Yes, it was. That was good old Gandalf. <laughs> the G-man. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the context was. It was Frodo saying, I wish it hadn't have happened in my time. So do many who... So do many see who live to see, see, see such things. But all we can do is decide what to do with the time that is, is given yeah, to we'll us. Yeah, we'll find the proper quote Yeah, and put it in the notes like we usually do, lovely listeners. Yeah. But yeah, what do we... What are the things that we can consciously do mm. to be good ancestors for generations younger than us? Yep. Ones in the far future, ones in the deep future... Just as we look back on ancestors from the near past, the far past, the deep past, mm. and we invite them to share our circles and share our sacred time in, in frith and community and connection, Yeah. how do we become an active part of that continuum? Mm. How do we take that understanding and mirror it into the future? Those generations will be calling on us. Yeah. And those generations will be the ones that we maybe get to advise, that we maybe, you know, one day hear a voice that says, come and share my circle, honoured ancestor. Yeah. Come and stand with me and I will share my food with you and I will share my drink with you and I will share my stories with you. How, you know, from that perspective, time looks a lot different. Mm -hmm. That we have an obligation and a responsibility to the future as well as to the past. Yeah, and it is it is just a matter of working out what we can each do at the scale that we, we can operate at, with the reach that we can operate at, and in the, in the, in the, the positions that we're in. You know, like I say, are we, are we parents? Are we teachers? Are we advocates? Are we guardians are of we our communities? Do we look after the stability and growth of our community in mm. another way? Are we volunteers? Are we, you know, all these things that we can that we can be doing to to help make more favourable conditions for the people after us? And if we're looking at time as a spiral, then our ancestors, our deep past ancestors, and our deep future ancestors, because I haven't figured out the right term yet, <laughs> and us descendants is the is the term. Thank but... you. Yes, our deep future <clears throat> descendants. And us and our deep past ancestors mm. will all be standing, have all stood, are all standing. We are connected. If you look at, if you're viewing time as a spiral, there is just as much distance between the points on the line as there is between the curves in the spiral. Yeah. So we have connection and we have it in more than one way. Mm. And I like to think of that connection to the deep future as an obligation. It's a responsibility. For me, as an inclusive heathen, it's something I'm mindful of exploring and then figuring out what I want to do yeah. for the 
the generations that are yet to come, for the people who will come after and who will call on me as an ancestor. Mm. Lovely listeners. Things to think about. All the things to think about in this episode. (laughs) Go and just, yeah, you're welcome just to find a quiet corner in the virtual clearing and listen to this whole episode again if you just want to kind of blow your mind a wee little bit and, and trip out. That's all good. And just see where your thoughts take you. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this slightly more mind-expanding episode than our usual. Oh, possibly so. Fair, you know, it's kind of a different perspective maybe to see. And I apologise for getting a bit ranty, but... It's all good too. You know. You know, it can evoke some strong emotions. Mm. All of that's, you know, still good. I have them. I know, me too. If you would like to find us online, you can... Come and join us around the virtual, virtual campfire. <laughs> you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And you can find me on Facebook under that name. And if you want to find me for any reason, um, I'm pretty much just on Facebook. Um, you'll find me under Kate Coldwind. Um, and uh, you can also look for our Frithcast page. Yes. On Facebook, which you will find at uh, facebook.com slash frithcastpod. Come and drop in and say hi. Uh, from there, you'll find links to the Facebook group and to our Discord, which is the the said virtual, virtual campfire. Virtual, virtual campfire. Come and drop in, have a cup of tea and a biscuit. Not that kind of biscuit, American listeners. <laughs> God, it's not the biscuit thing again. It's the biscuit thing again. Lovely listeners. We're going to just, yeah, we're going to fade out talking about the biscuit thing. Okay. I'll talk to you all next time. All right. It's definitely not the biscuit thing again. Definitely not biscuit. No, it's not that. Not doing biscuit. We've done it before anyway. Cookies, cookies, yeah, cookies. cookies, biscuits. Anyway, bye-bye. See you next time.